Welcome to FRT, the IIF podcast on the intersection of finance, regulation, and technology. I am Pablo Urbiola, and today we are at the IIF headquarters in Washington, D.C., visited by Douglas Elliott. He's a partner at Oliver Wyman in the finance and risk public policy practices, where he focuses on the implications of public policy for the financial sector. Douglas is joining us today to discuss customer data rights, a topic to which he has devoted much time and attention in recent time. He is one of the authors of the white paper on appropriate use of consumer data in financial services that the World Economic Forum published in September last year. And he has recently published an Oliver Wyman brief titled Data Rights in Finance, Key Public Policy Questions and Answers. We were very glad to have Douglas speaking at our IIF roundtable on the new data ecosystem in Paris last March. On the side of that event, we recorded episode 30 of FRT with Henning Sult from Allianz and Frederick Burtz from Group BPCE. Since then, we have been looking forward to having Douglas at FRT. So thank you for joining us and welcome to our podcast. You're very welcome, Pablo. To begin with, the work you have been doing together with the World Economic Forum is based on the premise that the financial sector needs some principles or a policy framework to deal with the increasing use of consumer data. Why do you think that financial data should be considered separately from other types of personal data? I think it's important that we look at financial data because of the particularities that I'll go into in a second. But it's not that I think they should be looked at completely separately. I believe that we need the financial sector, both public and private, to come together to look at financial data and the rules around it. But there needs to be a two-way flow of information and ideas. So what we come up with for the financial sector, we should freely put out to the world to help influence larger societal choices. At the same time, as we consider what the financial sector should be recommending, we need to pay attention to what is being decided simultaneously by that larger society. So, for example, there's the General Data Protection Regulation in Europe. I'm not suggesting we pretend that isn't there. That already is there. But what we need to do is to have the financial sector move forward with a focus on financial data. Your basic question was, well, why? Why don't we just think of that like any other data and just leave it at the larger societal level? There are a number of aspects of data in the financial sector that each on their own isn't unique to finance. But taken together, you have a unique situation. So, for example, financial data is some of the most sensitive data out there. And it's true that's true for healthcare and a few other sectors, but it's an important thing to keep in mind. Second, there are a lot of social responsibilities that are placed on the banks. And sure, there are some other sectors that have social responsibilities too, but it's an important defining aspect of the financial sector, particularly banks, and of the data that they have. You also have a need for financial data often to extend back for many years. If you're thinking of making an underwriting decision, either credit or in insurance, you may well want to have 30 years worth of data if you can get it. There's a very legitimate need for that. On the other hand, if you're a internet platform and you're trying to figure out what the best marketing approach to take, which adds to target to which people, you don't frankly need 30 years worth of data. Maybe it'd be nice, 
but you can operate with much less and still accomplish your purposes. So there's a set of aspects that are unique taken together. Secondly, finance is on the order of a tenth of the total economy. So it's big enough to matter. And third, we already have institutions that look at finance as a sector. So we have regulators who regulate finance. We have trade associations such as yourself who bring together people in the finance sector. And we have global standard setters who focus purely on finance. If we instead were to take the approach of let's just wait for society to figure these things out big picture, we have a couple of risks. One is it could take forever. The other is it could be GDPR. Now, I don't mean to pick on GDPR. It was the pioneer. But because it was the pioneer and because it didn't work with financial sector bodies to any significant extent, there have been a lot of problems adapting this to the financial sector. Much better for the sector to come together, work through the particularities that need to be resolved, and have suggestions. And then if we get our act together in the larger society, hopefully that will be done in ways that take advantage of what's been learned in those financial sector discussions. You were mentioning GDPR and other privacy developments in different jurisdictions, and there is obviously a problem for global companies and also for global financial institutions because we see increasing fragmentation of data rules around the world. Are you optimistic about being able to get some form of harmonization or at least minimum global standards in the short or in the medium term? I'm some combination of realistic and optimistic in the sense that in the World Economic Forum project, we haven't been pushing for common rules. We think that's simply too hard to get to. But if we can reach agreement on the principles that should underlie any standards, laws, and regulations, we can narrow the range of divergences. It's not a home run, but it could still be solidly helpful to reducing the damage we are undoubtedly going to be having from the fragmentation likely to occur. Even when I'm optimistic, I still think there will be a significant amount of divergence that will cause a lot of problems for global companies, some of which will be unnecessary. Others will reflect genuine differences in culture, societies, the economies, and financial systems. In your last publication, Data Rights in Finance, Key Public Policy Questions and Answers, you argue that the policy discussion around consumer data can be framed in different ways, as a matter of data ownership, as a matter of data rights, or as data privacy. Which approach do you think is the most appropriate to frame the public policy discussion? Well, I'm glad you asked about that, Pablo, because I do think one of the most challenging issues here is there are multiple legitimate framings. So before I answer your specific one, which I think is an important one, there's a question. Even bigger picture, are we looking at this primarily as data rights, as human rights, much like GDPR does? Are we looking at this primarily as how can we achieve the advantages of financial inclusion, of business effectiveness, offering a wider range of services? I'll With that focus, you come to different answers than if your main focus were human rights. Are we looking at this as being about competition? 
a key motivator for the UK government to push open banking, for example, is because they frankly have grown concerned that there is, as they see it, an oligopoly of retail banks in the UK. And they've become frustrated about other things they've tried to break that up. So one of their thoughts is, hey, maybe if we allow fintechs and others to come in more freely, that will help with the competition issues. Australia is approaching it somewhat similarly. So there's competition. There's competitiveness. So national governments looking to have each of their nations be the most effective. And if you take the analogy Mark Carney uses of data is the new oil, one of the, I think, simplistic uh, implications of that that some countries have drawn is if it's oil, let's keep it to ourselves. <laughs> so you've seen some countries have put real limits on the ability to move data outside of the country. So a competitiveness framing gets you to yet another set of answers. And I'm sure I'm missing a couple other major framings here. This is one of the things that makes it complex. It's not just we've got two things. Much of financial regulation is about safety versus cost. So that if you put too many or the wrong type of regulation, you may make the system safer, but you may raise the cost of financial services. Hmm. On the other hand, if you solely focus on keeping financial services as cheap as possible, you may have an unsafe system. So you try to find balance. Well, that's between just two things. You've only got two dimensions you're dealing with there. In this area, with these multiple different dimensions, it gets more complex. So coming back to the specific question you were asking, one of the sort of uh, almost micro-framings is are we thinking about this as people own data? Are we thinking about it as there's a series of people and entities that have different usage rights? Or are we thinking about this in kind of a pure privacy context, uh, almost separate from those two? And I strongly believe that the most useful approach there is the idea of usage rights. So Let's think about ownership as an alternative to that. We can reasonably talk about somebody owning a piece of land, despite the fact there's a lot they can't do. You still can't pollute on that land. There may be a path that people have used for centuries you have to let people walk across even though it's your land. There could be zoning requirements that say you can do certain things and not others. But still, the owner has so many of the usage rights, it's a very reasonable shorthand to say owner. And it's a legal concept for that reason. When you think about data, you could have literally thousands of entities have the same piece of data about somebody. They could have gotten it in very different ways. In some cases, they could have gotten it because the individual gave them the data. They could have bought it from somebody else. They could have inferred it. And they could even be just guessing. They put a set of things together and think it's 99% probable that an additional fact is true, but they don't know for sure. And then you come to what do people do with the piece of data? And there are many different things, whether you're talking about using it to advertise it to them, using it to make a credit decision, using it to sell to somebody else. Given how many different dimensions there are here, it's much more useful 
and I'll give GDPR credit on this, they do use the usage rights concept, not ownership so much. It's more effective to think about who has the right to do which things under which circumstances. And with the rights also come certain obligations. So usage rights and obligations. And the, the ultimate goal of any policy intervention should be to balance the trade-off that exists between the, the privacy of individuals and the efficiency gains that can be realized by making a more intensive use of data. So that trade-off is, is there. And the usage rights concept and conversation allows to try to, to find a balance. How do you think we can deal with that trade-off to make a balance between these two concepts, privacy of individuals and efficiency from making a more intensive use of data? There is no one right answer, and that's part of why we're going to end up with different jurisdictions coming to different approaches. That said, I think what we can and should do is be very transparent about what the issues are and what the trade-offs are, and then bring together all of the key parties. And that's why I push for this idea within the financial sector of having public and private sector in the discussions. Let's just put everything on the table and talk about what are the real issues and in pragmatic terms, what are the things you could do and what would be the benefits and disadvantages. And this is also true of that other set of dimensions I mentioned earlier. So it's not just the very important trade-off you were talking about, but it also brings in competition and competitiveness and other issues like that. Douglas, thank you very much for joining us. And if I can just briefly highlight a couple of the key takeaways I've extracted. I really liked the point you made about the cooperation between financial sector authorities and the cross-sector authorities on data and how there must be a flow of information between the, the financial sector-specific debate and the cross-sectoral debate. And I also liked the point you made about focusing on usage uh, rights and the analogy that you made with land and other types of ownership. Thank you for sharing that with us. Looking ahead on FRT, my colleague Adrian De La Casse will be discussing the IIF study on machine learning in anti-money laundering with Sarah Runes of Credit Suisse. And later, Natalia Bailey will discuss machine learning in modeling credit risk and consumer behavior with Bill Kyle. Please join us again for those upcoming episodes via the IIF website on SoundCloud and now also on Apple Podcast. I am Pablo Urbiola and thank you for joining us on Everty.